0: Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode.
1: Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Justin and Tina and Michael and Lou and Brian and Drew and Paul. Thank you guys for being here today. We're meeting now at 9 a.m. Eastern every Saturday morning. So you can go to our Facebook group and we post the link there. You can email me from buddyc.org and I'll, I can send you a link if you want to do that. Uh, if you're not in Facebook. Any announcements? Just go to buddyc.org and look in the resources. Got a lot of resources there. Talk about the second verse. Of the Tao Te Ching. Anyone have a particular translation they would like to read? Drew, you have one?
2: I've got the Stephen Mitchell version.
1: Cool. So
2: I can read that. When people see some things as beautiful, other things become ugly. When people see some things as good, other things become bad. Being and non-being create each other. Difficult and easy support each other. Long and short define each other. High and low depend on each other. Before and after follow each other. Therefore, the master acts without doing anything and teaches without saying anything. Things arise and she lets them come. Things disappear and she lets them go. She has but doesn't possess, acts but doesn't expect. When her work is done, she forgets it. That's why it lasts forever.
1: Is that not expectations?
2: It is, yeah, yeah. Acts but doesn't expect. That's I mean, look at the whole
1: the whole way through. Though I never noticed this before. Difficult and easy support each other because I'm expecting things. All this happens because I'm expecting. Uh, I'm expecting an outcome. Yeah. Anyone else? Comment in or have a call.
3: Yeah, I'm really glad Drew picked that Stephen Mitchell one. That this is one of my favorites. I really do like the, uh, to me, I really see a lot of the yin and the yang here. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, uh, the back and forth. When I was in my active addiction, I was always chasing that high and I wanted to escape the lows. But since I've been in recovery, I found out that, you know what? That the highs and lows, they're always going to be there bad things are going to happen. And when they do, we just let them come deal with them and then move on. And I, that's what I, that's what I see in this verse. I, I really do like, this is one of my favorites.
1: Thank you, Paul. Anyone else? This is not a meeting where it's not okay to double deal to. We can just, if you've got something to input, let's hear it. I know one thing that gets me in trouble,
2: uh, especially when I'm not doing very well is the first paragraph all about judgments. If you judge something to be beautiful, that means other things have to be ugly. If you judge some things as good, other things have to be bad. So just letting things be and holding off on judging, is this good? Is this bad? Should this be happening? Should this not be happening? Is this what I want? Is it not what I want? It's it is what it is. <clears throat> That's a good reminder. Just to let me allow things to be as they are.
1: Lou, then Brian.
4: I was just going to pick up on what Drew said, and it, it's about the acceptance, right? It's not. It doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if it's bad. Or if we judge it that way, or we consider it that way, or the world sees it that way, it is what it is. And it's if we can get to the place where it's about the accepting that it is. Then we don't have to do the comparisons. We don't have to expect it's going to be
5: different. We don't have to think about that stuff. It just is. Thanks, Lou. Brian? Yeah, I've got the, uh, I've got the Jeff Pepper, excuse me, got the Jeff Pepper version. It's uh, Dao De Ching in clear English. And uh, it says, in this world, beauty is called beauty because there is ugliness. Good is called good because there is evil. Thus, emptiness and existence transform into each other. Difficult and easy come from each other. Long and short compare to each other. High and low flow from each other. Sounds and voices blend together in harmony. Before and after follow each other. Knowing this, the sage acts by doing nothing and teaches without saying a word. The ten thousand things arise, but he is silent. Things grow, but he takes nothing for himself. He acts but doesn't compel. He creates but seeks no recognition. By not seeking rec- recognition, he has nothing to lose. I like, I feel- what's that? Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, I like the line, <clears throat> and maybe you can read it again about he lets things grow and doesn't take anything for himself.
5: Yeah. Let's uh, see. I, I like the visual of that. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, the in here says, uh, knowing this, the sage acts by doing nothing and teaches without saying a word. The 10,000 things arise, but he is silent. Things grow, but he takes nothing for himself. He acts, but doesn't compel. He creates, but seeks no recognition. By not seeking recognition, he has nothing to lose. I like those last two lines. He creates, but seeks no recognition. By not seeking recognition, he has nothing to lose.
1: So he does do something. You could read it, yeah. Surface level, say, "Oh, he does nothing." That won't work. It's not that he does nothing. It tells you what the sage does, but basically, it's nothing of himself. That's the point: is that the act that's done is not a selfish, from a selfish or fear based motive, because our actions Mm -hmm. are fear or love. It's moving over. To that love side rather than the fear side, I think. Uh, yeah. Cause that gives her the ability to do what's on the end that she doesn't, uh, she, when things any, what uh, the master acts without doing anything and teaches without saying anything, things arise and she lets them come, things disappear and she lets them go. I heard a quote in a, I heard somebody in a meeting say, I have to hold things with an open hand. And that's really what that's talking about, I think. And this is a result. This is how, this is her practice is that she doesn't possess acts. She has, but doesn't possess. She acts, but doesn't expect when her work is done. She forgets it. That's why it lasts forever. So it's all that letting go expectations. We're back to that again.
2: I think it's a lot about realizing that you have enough. Yeah. If you're confident enough to allow things to grow and not take things for yourself, if you can hold things with an open palm, that means that you're okay with it leaving. If you hold something with an open palm, somebody might come along and snatch it. But that's a better way to live than just grasping onto something so strongly.
1: I've never had that happen, Bruce where I regretted letting go. I don't really have any regrets with that because it seems to work so much better and I'm really taken care of in that regard. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Paul, you have something?
3: No, I think Drew said it there. Mm -hmm. If you want to hang on to something, you let it go.
1: Yeah. You notice too, I get this vision of water and the sage is like, Things would come up on their own. It says that they arise, they arise and she lets, she lets them come. So she doesn't resist them, which is huge. And when they disappear, lets them go. It's like riding the wave and that's constant change. And we don't like that. Or I don't. I I get security and things being the same. I can go one place and I want to park in the same parking place I did the time I came before. What's it? What's that about? <laughs> I go to a meeting and I get, I sit in one place one time. Next time my ass is in that chair again. Why is that?
2: You're not searching for something better.
1: It's not a good thing. I don't think <laughs> I'm just thinking why I want things to be the same, you know, why I want yeah. everything that I can control be exactly like it was some time in the past. I don't know. Creature Hmm. of habit? Yeah, Michael, but it's like an inherent thing that I think it's a little fear there that gives me some false security when things duplicate and do the same way multiple Mm -hmm. times. I don't know. It's something, though.
0: Repetition as well, though, because we get back to I'm still, my head still bounced around when Drew was referring to judgment. In Alcoholics Anonymous, we say, don't judge, but stick with the winners. <laughs> my. <laughs> how Taoist, Eastern philosophical, Eastern philosophically, I think is the word I'm coming up with my mind. While the Tao is inherent, I'm a fan of Stoicism as well. So the ancient philosophies and the thinkings and the things that enhance people that have an actual religious denomination in that regards. But as we're talking about the Tao, I have the Charles Johnson translation. When all men have learned the beauty of righteousness, the ugliness of sin is understood. When all men recognize goodness, then evil is understood. In the same way, the manifest and the unmanifest define each other. Difficult and easy define each other. Long and short reveal each other. Height and depth manifest each other. Musical notes and the tones of the voice determine each other. Former and latter define each other. Therefore, the master works without working. He teaches in silence. Then... All things come into being and he gives them fruition. He brings them into being, yet seeks not to possess them. He perfects them, yet seeks no reward. When his work is accomplished, he remains detached from it. He seeks no glory and is therefore glorious. Um, When I do these things, when I spend time working with others in the program and they succeed, it's not my success. Yet at the same time, I definitely revel in and I enjoy the fact that's happened, that's happening, that I get to see the beauty in it happening. But the duality that goes with the Tao, the duality that puts us in that position where we see, am I always doing the same thing? Why do I always go to the same chair? If you ever walked into a meeting and as you get ready to sit down, somebody gives you the stink eye because that's chair? Or have you ever walked into a meeting and purposefully walked into that chair because you knew you were going to piss so-and-so off when you did it? That's the way I roll. And I don't know if it's appropriate or I, I don't know. Maybe I bring out the shameless plug while I got my little green book out over here. My friend says something about here in the bottom is in his translation. We do not accept recognition for the good we accomplish. I know a lot of... Yeah, I was going to turn it into a gush fest, buddy. I'll just leave with I love you and I'm so glad you're still doing the things that you do. And thank you for the things that you do.
1: I'm grateful, too. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. But it really is that. And let's look here. It says we share those gifts as they arrive and we res- we surrender gifts as they leave. It's the same thing. He was talking about. Powerless, but not helpless. but you see that out of words, you can see some verses. That's what Mike, Mike was talking about. But isn't it the same thing? When those things arrive, we're grateful and we use them. We don't make them arrive either. It doesn't like we asked for something. It just arrives when we can see it, when we're aware of We surrender those things as they leave because a lot of my action in letting go is that I push against something that's coming. I resist it. And every time I resist something, I give it power. So it's letting things come, not resisting things. And then when they get ready to leave, let the season, let them go. And uh, we do not accept the recognition for what we accomplish. And that's why our gifts last forever. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Michael. But that idea of letting it come, that can even be for emotional stuff. Like I've experienced grief. You don't do that with greed. You let it come. Take a few minutes, have a good cry, whatever you need to do, but let those emotions out. If you resist that, it just grows. That's been my my experience. Yeah. Uh, I want to read that middle stanza from Jonathan Starr. Death and life are born together, difficult and easy, long, short, high and low. All these exist together. Sound and silence blend as one before and after arrive as one. So he's talking about the, the duality that we think we see is the illusion. That's why in Taoist one Taoist quote would be: hope and fear are both illusions. So can we participate in a world where we're not doing the first two stanzas? The stanzas of making all these Labeling everything, Drew, you got something. Oh, you! It's it's possible
2: to live in that world. It's hard to. It would be hard to live among people and not use words like high and low and long and short when somebody when you're trying to help somebody out and that sort of thing. That's not
1: really what he's talking about, though, is it? No, uh,
2: no, it's not. About
1: internally making these things these. Judgments and they always divide. And that's what Jonathan Starr talked about. It's like the hand again saying it's not part of the body. So what are you talking about? There's no body here. Wait a minute. You're the hand where, you know, you're connected. What are you connected to here that you're? So it's that he's recognizing the oneness. Mm-hmm. And the sage says nothing about that I see says nothing about doing that just saying because it's this way sage does this and for me these start in those little mental judgments that i make sizing someone up when i see them or whatever i can do that so quick and place mm-hmm. you in your category you know even though it's not to a negative way it's just the way i think yeah how many times have you been riding a- down the road thinking about a situation that's that you're going toward and you've got the most negative thing going on in your head and you're mad before you get there because they're going to screw me. This is what's going That kind of thing used to be very prevalent for me. It never helped the situation. It never turned out the way I thought it would. You have something, Drew? Uh,
2: no, not on that. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah.
6: <clears throat> Hi guys. So one of the things I was thinking about, especially as you were just talking, buddy, was, The internal struggle you talked about and having to do with at the end when they talk about when her work is done, she forgets it. She takes no credit, no expectations. Therefore, it lasts forever. Just as a culmination of all of the little verses. But um, that made me think about my own personal ego and like the credits I want to take or the credit I want to take for doing good things or even, I guess, bad things just to stand out and say look at what I did to me that's you know every time that we what do we judge somebody else what's really something going on with us and you spot it you got it type of a thing so when I see, when I when you started talking about the judgments towards other people I turn I went internal with that and I think about the judgments I make on myself and if we can use it as an example to maybe give others grace, that's when I learned how to give myself grace.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm, that's good. Thank you, Tim. Oh, Brian.
5: Yeah, I just uh, I really like the shares that I'm hearing uh, around my recovery circles. My uh, my nickname over the past, I guess it's probably been twelve years, is Eeyore. and uh, because I can, man, I can pull the negative out of anything, and I've had to do a lot of work around that. One of the uh, one of the things that's just been engraved in my mind is uh, my dad used to used to always say one of these days everything's going to go to shit, and and it was like i have just I've got that in my soul and I carry that around with me and it has taken a tremendous amount of work to overcome that and to not have expectations that things are going to go to shit right out of the gate. For a long time, I would sit there and just think, "I'm going to do this," and, and as soon as I start that motion, I'm like, "Here she goes!" It's fixing to roll over and, and go to shit, and and that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's a hard thing to to uh, to overcome. That's uh, that's where the dow these uh, readings really help me, but I appreciate everybody's shares.
2: Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that as far as things you hear from your dad over and over in childhood sticking with you. Yeah. You know the one one thing that st- stuck with me that I heard from my dad almost every night we'd eat dinner together and he'd pray before dinner and Christian house and he'd, he'd pretty much start every prayer with father we don't deserve your love and going through the reasons why We don't deserve to be loved by God. And I think his point is, but you give it to us anyway. You give it to us freely. We're so thankful for that sort of thing. But all I heard as a kid is I don't deserve to be loved. I don't deserve my father's love. I just heard that every night. And I I think there's a correlation between that and me not really getting into close friendships or relationships or anything like that until much later in life than everybody else I knew. And aging's really, really helped me overcome all that. Thanks,
5: Drew. Yeah. For me, that message ever since I've been little is if I let you in, you can hurt me. Exactly. And that's left me to basically the only, uh, only person I would feel like they wouldn't hurt me was a dog.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: and I hope y'all can't hear my 130 pound lab huffing on the other side of the <laughs> computer here. He's, I'm not panting it. See, <laughs> 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 thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm here today. Thanks, and I appreciate you sharing that, Drew. Yeah, you too.
1: Thanks, guys. Anyone else? You know, the master's real work there. I'm looking at Mitchell. The reason she can. Or the master can act without doing anything selfishly or teach without ego and self-pity. Either end of that spectrum is because when things arise, she lets them come and things appear. When things disappear, she lets them go. If she does that, then the rest of it takes care of itself. All of that other's descriptions of doing that, really. In, in my opinion. So how do we do that? Because we deal with that every day. That's everything that comes to us. It comes and then we let it go. comes, let it go. It comes, I hold on to a cat claws because I don't want it to change. And I am miserable the entire time. And the other saying that I can't grasp what is new if I'm still holding on to what is old. Any tools there?
2: I mean acceptance first and foremost.
1: And what tools do you use for acceptance, Drew? Do you have some particular ones that you use watching watching my
2: thoughts, noticing when I'm getting in a loop of telling myself and talking to myself about what how things should be, being
6: shoulding afraid of
2: yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, shooting should, all over myself. The fear of some random thing happening that may or may not have ever happened that I don't want to happen right now, who knows, it may end up turning out for the best. So just don't overthink things. It's my thoughts that get me in trouble with just accepting things as they are.
1: That's about drawing, bringing yourself to the moment, I think, is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And so if we can accept what's going on in this moment right now, doesn't mean we have to approve it. We just say it's like this. That's where our peace and joy is at. In my opinion, that's what I've experienced. Paul, you have something?
3: Yeah, I'm going to bring up the G word here. My tool, of course, is gratitude. That always gets me out of my own head. And I did want one other, one other thing. As long as we've got this group together. And I really do appreciate everybody's input here. Very good friend. She is really just full of fear about the situation and is really doing a lot of projecting into the future on just listing every possible bad thing that could happen. And I'm trying to subtly give her some advice on the gratitude and all that. But I'm just wondering if any of you have had to deal with a similar situation with someone in your life. Thank you, Paul. Anyone have anything?
6: Hi, my name is Tina. Thanks for sharing that, Paul. The thing that comes to mind is something when buddy talked about the cat scratches, the com marks on you, everything that I've tried to let go of have claw marks on it. And that's so true because I hold everything so tight. Mm. I had a friend in the program who got bit by a cat last week. She was trying to break up a cat fight and the cat bit her. And I guess by the next morning, it was really bad infected long streak going up her arm. It wasn't a good situation to try to break up the cat fight. What I thought was we think about letting go. I'm like, Judy, never try to break up a cat fight again but I could take the same advice, but it bit her. Look at how hard you try to hold on to something. And it can, it just, I will hold something until it just starts to eat at me until I have no other choice to let it go. And I wish I would start here. I go with the shoulds, but that's why I need meetings like this, readings like this reminders, because I left to my own devices. Yeah, I turn into a mess and I try to hold on to everything. Paul, what I was thinking about was just that letting go. You know, living by example is sometimes the best way. Is just somebody sees somebody else's attitude because it's so hard when there's such big decisions to be made and you think, where do you start? And what I always thought was just, how do you eat a whale one bite at a time? You just start with the littlest thing you can do, be present, take care of yourself. You know, that's the big thing. And I know that's it. And we can only give experience, strength and hope, not advice. But that's been my experience with with how things can just eat at me if I don't let them go. And how do you let them go with love? Like Buddy was saying, is it on? Is it with fear or is it with love? But if you can do things with the love side, it flows a little bit easier and it feels a little bit more natural. But thanks, guys.
4: Lou, I'll comment at it. I come at it a little different from the Al Anon. And of course, we're gonna help everybody, we're gonna fix everything. We know what to do. <laughs> we have the answers. We're gonna that's our illnesses. is we want to fix everything and make everything just like us as good as what we are. And so that's the caution we have in our side of the thing on the Al Anon is to not be going in with advice unless asked. And then the hope and the encouragement And I think the good example as well. So that's just a caution with our illness is to not go where you're not asked to go. And I think it depends a lot. Obviously, this sounds like a close relationship. There's probably the latitude for that. But I just wanted to share from that perspective.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank you both Tina and Lou for that. I'm not forcing my opinions on this person. I'm letting them deal with things. but. They're also sharing with me their anxiety and their frustrations. So again, I'm trying to just pass on, like I said, subtly, not with a hammer. I'm just maybe a little morning gratitude would help your situation. Maybe just try to deal with what's deal with what's in front of you today. That just that gentle kind of thing, not pushing and not going in when I'm not asked. I'm pretty good at setting boundaries and keeping boundaries with people, but it is, it's a tough thing to deal with, but it's change. And like Buddy says, you can just, you just have to let it come.
1: For me, I can use gratitude for that. But for her, when I'm in situations where people ask me things, I will say, can I make a suggestion? They sound like they're wanting suggestion, but I said, can I make a suggestion? So I'll make a suggestion based on my experience now. Would you get confidence it would work out if you looked in the past and saw how it worked out?
3: Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit.
1: That's a big oh, one.
3: Yeah, yeah, because I say sometimes when you worry about things, you need to look back and see how things did work out. And was it really something you were worrying about never came to fruition? So rem- yeah. try to remember those times.
1: Yeah, I would just ask that. I be used in the highest way possible. And I, I do the three things. I open my heart to the person. I send them love. And then I ask how I can be of help, how I can be of service. And I do all that internally. I don't do that. Where they don't even know it's happened. And then I just try to be helpful, try to be open and the things I need to say when I, or what I need to do a lot of times just come to mind things I would have never even thought of before when I was trying to come up with something. It's just being there, Paul, and being available, making yourself available, I think, is probably the way I would approach that particular situation, if I could.
2: To me, when I'm in the midst of just worrying and anxiety, I'm wanting to control a future outcome. I'm worried about this thing. I'm trying to picture all the bad things that might
3: happen and think of all the ways I can prevent those things from happening. It's tough to watch, but again, I'm so grateful for this group because I don't know where I'd be, where my mindset would be at without these meetings and all this Mm -hmm. stuff that I've talked to with Buddy over the years. So I'm just grateful for this whole group. So thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, Paul. You're a big part of the group too. That's that idea receive from giving idea, or principle at work. Paul, have you considered, I don't know if she would be open to this, but not taking it personally. Any person in the same situation, the, the actions would be, everything would be the same. It's not doing that to her personally, internally. If that would speak to her, that's how I approach a lot of that stuff. And then my two acceptance phrases that I use, the thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever, and I would not change this, whatever it is, even if I could. Of course, you start from a place of defiance, and I do not believe that, but I say it anyway. It's empty words. It means nothing. I even say it with that attitude. I start getting relief. I don't understand that. It takes zero belief. It takes action. Just try it works for me all the time I use that on a daily basis so it's part of my affirmations in the morning when I do those anyone else have any closing remarks or have something to say that they haven't I just found it odd that Paul
0: said the g-word and I certainly didn't think he was going for gratitude (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) almost immediately yeah oh my god the god word or better yet It comes down to possibly, and you just mentioned it, buddy, the group, we're part of the group. We gained strength from the group being with this whole thing in, in within today. My daily meditations today referred to the zero sum and jealousy. If you win, I lose. The other is why them? Why them? Why not me? The other looks at the same person and says, if they can do it, why can't I? You know, the power of example. I work for a small company. And the daughter took over after. Where I'm going with this is it's a family owned business. And even though I'm an integral employee and I've put an awful lot of time and effort and I've been loyal, it doesn't necessarily, if you're not blood, you're not blood. Acceptance is the answer to them claw marks. And there goes another G word. Perhaps we get gain from the things that we accept.
4: There is the other thing too that comes to mind for me, which is that allowing people to have the dignity of their own desperation, and sometimes people need to go through really difficult times in order to come out on the other side in another way. And we don't know what we don't know what the what the outflow is going to be, what the outcome is going to be. one of the things my dad always used to say, which I've changed a little bit, is. All things work together for good for those who love. He puts the real phrase has the God word, the G word in there, God. And for those who live according to that, coming from a good place, I'm sure good things will benefit.
1: I need to do a disclaimer. We're not anti-God. God (laughs) (laughs) God is love. Love is thou. We look, I look at it as God being loved, but everyone's on their journey in that in whatever way that they need to be. And so as you climb that mountain of spirituality, those ways start looking more and more similar. It's just individual God languages and everyone has anyone else guys before we close. It really does change from all from God help me to God, who can I help? That really is the shift. Now the things that may be happening for in your situation is just life. It's just life. We all have life. People are born, people die, people get sick, people don't do what I think they should do, all those things. And that's love. That's holding life with that open hand, letting it come and go without resisting, without cat claw. And that comes from practice. Anything else before we close? Thank y'all for a good meeting. We will discuss the third verse next week and go from there. Y'all have a good week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week.
0: (laughs)